Welcome to episode 94 of the Ask Achieve Show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing upper back pain during deadlifts, progressive overload, and low back pain after pregnancy. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. A little blip there. A little blip. What was that about? Um, well, I, st- I just took a bite of pumpkin spice cake, and I kind of was still <laughs> eating it as we did the intro, <laughs> and I had, I had a little... We're, we're, we're kind of like half whispering and half trying to bring some energy right now, but um, Kendrick's sleeping in the other room. We're desperately trying to be as quiet as possible while still... Loud enough for you guys to hear us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, hope you all had a wonderful um, Thanksgiving, if you celebrate it. Um, we... It was Kendrick's first Thanksgiving, um, and uh, a lot of Lauren's extended family came up to uh, see him, and, and obviously spent Thanksgiving with uh, the rest of the family, but people came from Florida, from California, from all over. Yeah, and, uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it, was it was really great. cool. So he got to meet my brother, so his uncle, um, <laughs> and then he got to meet my aunt and uncle, and then my grandparents, who are his great-grandparents, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And I actually, I had one great-grandmother that I actually... Um, that was like in my life until I was 10. And so I really hope that um, Kendrick gets some time with his great grandparents because they're very special to me and they'll be very special to him, I hope. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, we, we had a really good time. I mean, um, I think we, we, like, we barely had any time with Kendrick besides you feeding him, right? Because it, yeah. it was feed and then give to the next uh, relative or uh, next family member. And, um, but it, it was super cool. Got a lot of good pictures, got a lot of um, good family time in. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's get into the questions. So we're going to start with the one from Shawa330. This is Shannon, by the way. Oh, oh, cool. (laughs) Um, And what's really funny is that when I said her name, it sounded like I was saying shower with a um, Boston accent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so she said, during the past few weeks, I've started experiencing some discomfort during my deadlifts. My current program calls for three sets of eight trap bar deadlifts, and I'm currently using 185. Probably around two weeks ago when I was at 175 pounds, I experienced occasional discomfort in my back on the left side, sort of where my shoulder blade meets the middle of my back, at the middle to top of the lift. It wasn't a concern really at first, but during my last session, it was pretty noticeable during my first set, non-existent during my second, and on the third, I couldn't do two lifts without feeling like I should stop and not push it. It's not totally a pain, more of a sort of sort of burning slash stinging sensation, like the muscle is being stretched too much, but I definitely feel it today. Session was last night. My form seems to be good. Everything else about the lift feels great, and I don't experience this pain during other parts of my workout, so not sure what the problem could be, especially because it doesn't happen every time I do the lift. Thinking maybe I could be using too much weight for the amount of reps, but I really enjoy the deadlift and want to continue working on it and adding weight, so any tips would be much appreciated. I'm planning to incorporate more shoulder-slash-lat-focused rolling into my warm-up per advice from one of my coaches. Um, okay, so Shannon is a member at Achieve, actually, um, so it's funny that she sent this question in, um, but... Basically, we, I actually had her in my kettlebell class this morning, and so I was able to get a little bit more context by um, actually having her trap bar deadlift a bit and just getting a sense for what might be going on. Um, I mean, her form was very good, actually. Um, there was really nothing that I would critique or really have her to change, make any modifications with her form. Um, and so I was kind of um, just trying to figure out what might be the root cause of it. Um, it, it was a much lighter weight. It was about one, um, it was like one, it was 115 and she was still feeling it a little bit. So the weight wasn't the factor there. Um, it could obviously just be a little bit irritated from the previous session, but, um, it didn't seem like weight was a, 
was was the driving factor, like going up too quickly, too soon with weight. Um, and then I actually had her try to do a just a normal sumo deadlift, um, where her arms are in more of a pronated position and her palms are basically like flipped towards her rather than being a neutral position. And the trap bar, where it is a little bit raised in terms of handles, it is a little bit wider. So that wider handle might be a little bit more bothersome, whereas a sumo, uh, the hands are a little bit closer in. And she actually had no issues with the sumo deadlift at all. Um, and so, you know, in this case, knowing that she's following our programming, I would probably just have her do sumo deadlifts instead of trying to force, um, you know, whatever might be happening with the trap bar deadlift. Um, what I can kind of hypothesize maybe what might be happening is that I think that um, Shannon's very strong. I think her prime movers might be taking over um, the role of her stabilizers, basically. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And so there are stabilizing muscles like your rotator cuff, your serratus anterior, your uh, lower traps. It seems like it's kind of in the lower trap um, rhomboid area. And basically, if those stabilizers aren't pulling enough of their weight, the prime movers start to kick in. And when prime movers start to kick in and do the job of a stabilizer, they, they're too they're too big, basically, to um, do all the fine motor controls that a stabilizing muscle would. So all the shoulder stabilizer, um, all the shoulder stabilizers do are basically keep that shoulder joint uh, centered into the into the socket. So if the, the head of the humerus is a ball, it's trying to keep that ball in the socket and centered throughout the you know, exercise or whatever it's trying to do. So what I think is happening right now is as she's going through the trap bar deadlift, maybe because her hands are a little bit wider position and in that neutral position, maybe it's pulling her um, shoulder slightly away from the socket. And instead of the stabilizers trying to do the job, her prime movers, her lower traps, maybe her mid-back, maybe her rhomboids are kicking on overtime and that's what's causing this sort of like spasmy type of thing. Yeah. Do you, would you hypothesize that as That's well? That's exactly what I was going to guess. Just because I've had that experience with myself and with other mm-hmm. um, members as well, is that um, people who tend to want to just overuse, especially like lats or mm-hmm. um, upper traps, um, which were kind of the things that I used to do. I used to feel that same thing with trap bar deadlifts. I would get like a knot in my mid oh, yeah, upper back on yeah. one side. Um, one of the reasons I think was I used to just really like I would really over engage my lats when I was starting the lift. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed her trying to do that. No, actually, I was looking for that, and she wasn't trying to do any sort of weird packing stuff. Okay, because like, that's one yeah. one thing. If you're somebody who is feeling something similar to Shannon, that's something to just check yourself if you're doing, because that's one of the causes of um, one of the potential mm-hmm. causes of what that same kind of area. Um, not pain, but like discomfort, kind of a knot in that spot. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons could be that you're just trying to like overpack your shoulders and instead of just letting those, like Jason was saying, letting those stabilizer muscles just do their job mm-hmm. and not trying to overtake them. Yeah. Cause you can't like, you can't actively really contract the stabilizer during that movement. It just has to work reflexively. Right. Um, and so, you know, if Shannon wasn't a member at Achieve, um, our general recommendations, um, I think are three pronged. Um, number one We'd want to incorporate some level of very localized stability work, and that might be, you know, rotator cuff exercises with um, bands and tubing and dumbbells, like external rotations and things like that. Um, we'd also want to include some lower trap work, so um, things that you always see like in PT exercises, like Ys, Ts, Ws, um, to a certain extent like TRX rows, stuff like that, um, that really get the scapula moving forwards and backwards in that pulling fashion. 
as well as the serratus anterior. So things like being in a push-up position or in a crawling position and doing shoulder taps and stuff like that, those are all great ways to isolate some of those shoulder stabilizers. Um, for more of a slightly globalized stability um, aspect, we would also recommend exercises like farmer carries, um, more deadlifts, deadlift variations that don't um, you know affect the area, um, uh, Turkish get-ups, um, really working with kettlebells in any fashion because they do have an increased shoulder stability um, demand due to the uh, the offset weight. Um, exercises like that but would basically require just more engagement from the rest of your body that integrates with that shoulder stability. So the harder you grip an object like a kettlebell or you know heavy dumbbells for farmer carries or a heavy barbell for deadlifts, the more that those shoulder stabilizers tend to fire and trigger a little bit more. And then finally, the last piece to all this is to also take into account the rest of your body. So core stability would be a factor here. Um, T-spine mobility, both in extension and flexion, would pl play a factor here. Um, the way uh, you breathe would also play a factor here. So th these are all things that we're kind of taking into account. And I think um, you know something that happens with the, the knock on physical therapy when, when physical therapists basically prescribe just purely localized exercises like band tubing exercises and stuff like that um, where it's just very localized and doesn't take into account the rest of the body and not only that because it's not integrated with the rest of the body in a you know overall holistic strength program um, it doesn't it doesn't basically prepare you for the demands that the shoulder will experience throughout life and because Shannon works out four-ish days a week or so, like she needs a lot more stimulus to her shoulders than just purely band tubing exercises. So while it's um, while it's still very important, it's not the only thing of the program. And, yeah. uh, and, and Kendra just woke up. <laughs> so we're gonna take a pause and we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and we're back. That was actually a pretty quick, quick hiatus. Um, so, you know, so I just laid out that three-pronged approach um, for someone who isn't a member of Achieve. Um, Shannon, as far as this question goes, basically what um, I would recommend for you, since we already know that you're doing those global exercises like Turkish get-ups and deadlifts and farmer carries, and you're also doing exercises like you know wall marching and stability ball dead bugs and T-spine mobility exercises and breathing and drills, um, since we know all those big rocks are taken care of, basically I think all that you need to do is two things. One, remove the... Um, this, the thing that's causing you some pain, which is the trap bar, and just replace it with sumo deadlifts. And then also just adding in a couple more shoulder stability work, um, shoulder stability drills. And so I'll talk to um, Sarah about including, you know, one or two shoulder stability drills, nothing crazy. Um, but I think that's about it. Yeah. There's nothing that's like causing major harm. It's not causing any sort of modifications uh, to lifestyle besides just the trap bar deadlift. So, right. you know, there's nothing to really go overboard with. Yeah, no um, point in sticking with the trap bar deadlift if other variations of deadlifts don't bother it. Totally, yeah. Right? So, so just, it's another example of not being married to one specific exercise. Yeah. Um, I will say that if this was reoccurring in different movement patterns and different exercises and it was actually affecting your daily life, then more than likely we'd probably recommend you to go see a physical therapist um, to get a more formal official diagnosis. Um, but, you know, for this instance, I think it's just to remove that, you know, the painful stimulus and then adding in a couple of stability drills. Perfect. Cool. All right. Second question is from ACL underscore Sonia. 
And they asked, I work out from home using my own barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, and resistance bands. I'm currently programming a four-day-a-week workout, lower, upper, lower, upper. Week one started with three sets of 10 reps. Week three, I created progressive overload by adding another set, so four sets of 10. Next, I want to add weight. Do I go back down to three sets, more weight, or stay at four sets and add more weight, then progress to five sets, then add more weight? I would appreciate your advice with this one. I listen to all of your podcasts and I've been following you for quite some time. Peace, love, and muscles. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. This is a really good question. I thought it was a good just logistical question to talk about for a brief second. Yep. Um, I love the fact that she mentioned progressive overload because we've obviously talked about it um, you know, at length in this in this in the show, basically, talking about how important it is to make sure that you're doing something to try to increase the demands and the stimulus on your body to make sure that it continues to adapt and evolve basically right um she said she went from three sets of 10 to four sets of 10 and so on and so forth um and adding weight and stuff like that um i would you know more than likely what i like to do in terms of progressive overload is to not go so um so aggressive with the overload so basically she went from three sets of 10 which is 30 total reps to four sets of 10 which is 40 total reps so that's a pretty significant increase right and so for most likely for someone like her, what I would recommend is starting off at, let's say, three sets of eight, and then maybe next week you can do three sets of 10, and then the following week, three sets of 12, and then maybe even the following week, three sets of 15, and then now you can repeat the same exercise, but with more weight or whatever, um, but basically following that sort of program, um, which makes for much more incremental progress and sort of draws the process out, right? Yeah. And another thing, so she asked, um, I would I would agree with that, that that jump is pretty big, going from... 30 reps to, to 40 reps in mm-hmm. a week. Um, but also just thinking when you're thinking about adding sets versus adding reps versus adding weight, like mm-hmm. when, when to do what, um, we try to keep it to just one of those elements True. at yeah. a time. And I think that's important as well. And that's what she did. So mm-hmm. she went, she just started by increasing volume and now she's like, okay, now I want to increase intensity or, or, uh, the weight that she's using. Mm-hmm. And that's really smart. Cause a lot of times you can think like, okay, I'll go from three sets of 10 using 50 pounds. And next week I'm going to do three sets of 12 using 55 pounds. And so yeah. you keep increasing multiple different, um, variant variants basically. Yeah. That's, that's such a good point. Cause then, yeah. Uh, that's it's not progressive overload it's like a lot of overload overload. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah perfectly on the right track with that and basically we just try to draw out that process a little bit longer because your body does take some time to adapt and if you just try to overload it too quickly too soon then it just becomes um, it becomes a negative um, stimulus then because it it overloads you too much yeah and I think that's a good point too is like it feels so little that you like question mm. if it's enough at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, if you're planning on working out for many years, um, making a, a five pound jump every week, like you can't do that forever and yeah. you can't make a five rep jump every week forever. So you have to really spread it out and it's okay that it doesn't feel like a crazy amount of like a crazy difference from week to week because you're going to look back two months from now and be like, oh my gosh, look at how far I've come with all these different things. So, yeah. um, so don't worry so much about trying to make these big jumps because you have nothing but time. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, right, the, Kendrick's, letting us, Kendrick's letting us through one question at a time. So intermission number two. <laughs> and we're back for the third time. This time, uh, Kendrick's in my arms. Oh, he's smiling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to turn into a cry real quick. <laughs> um, 
Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we just got really distracted by our baby. Sorry. Um, anyway, we're going to try to get through question number three and see if he stays quiet in Jason's arms or starts making lots of noise. Yeah, he, he makes all these like little noises here and there, and he's directly next to the mic, so you know, bear with us here for this last one. <laughs> <laughs> this is parent life at its finest. Um, okay, so our last question comes from Heather Wood. This was an email, and she started off by saying, congratulations on your little one. I have two little ones, and it's the best. Enjoy the cuddles while you can. And we certainly are. Um, she said, I'm struggling with some back issues. I don't know if you can help. I'm 33 and my pain started with my second pregnancy. It was severe enough to try PT, but it didn't really help. The pain never got better during pregnancy. I was miserable. Fast forward two years later, I started training hard for Spartan races. Always had back pain, um, but nothing that was like when I was pregnant. Now I can barely go from sitting to standing without spasms and pain. Sitting is terrible. I'm seeing a Cairo that has me doing exercises to strengthen the erector muscles and TVA muscles. It's not really helping. I stretch and roll. My husband tries to rub it, and I am so tired of the pain. I had x-rays. Nothing significant but a little arthritis. If there's anything you can suggest, I would take any suggestions. Thank you. Okay. This is, um, this is a tough one, and definitely... Um... Definitely, we feel for you like that. That must just be an incredibly frustrating process, especially because it seems like you have a lot of physical aspirations, and this is just holding you back from it. So, mm-hmm. um, this this is the opposite of the first question that Shannon asked, um, where th- this is actually creating issues in her everyday life and is a you know big time factor into in terms of like how much pain she's experiencing on a daily basis, right? Yeah. And so for us here, like. I think our responsibility right now is just to point you to a direction towards a you know a different medical professional that um, that will hopefully help you out further. I think um, the mistake is seeing one or two physical therapists and saying that physical therapy and all physical therapists aren't helpful at all, but it's trying to find the right one. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen some PTs where I was like, why did I just? Like, what was that? Like, what did I just go and do? Like, it was, that felt pointless. And like, I feel no difference. And then I've seen PTs who I feel like have a magic wand. Yeah. And it's just, there are good and bad, you know, professionals in all professions and PTs included. And we have some really great PTs, luckily, in our network. Um, But we can only kind of say, if we don't know where you're living, and we can ask. Yeah, actually, yeah. Send us a message and maybe we have a PT in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, it's, it really is worth trying again and trying to do a little bit more research on um, what kind of background your PT has and who they work with and maybe even trying to get references from friends or other people who have had success with PT. Yeah, and, and it's just like personal trainers and fitness coaches. Like, you know, there are ones that are, you know, just, I mean, overall just not as great for whatever reason uh, than others um, because whether it's you know lack of consumer education or lack of passion in the field um, there's just going to be others that stand out from you know uh, from others basically and so it happens in every industry and um, you know you don't want to have one or two bad instances basically um, take you away from a profession um, that can really help you out in this instance Um, I don't think there's really any exercises or anything really that we can recommend here, um, I think it, it has to be actually formally diagnosed, and it has to be, you know, medically and clinically um, followed through with because it is such a severe, um, you know, thing that you're experiencing. 
Yeah, I mean, if we, we were going to, if somebody was coming into us and they said this to us, like mm-hmm. someone came into Achieve and they told us this story, we would give them the name of our like favorite PTs, but we would also start working with them on some things. And so we can mm-hmm. go over maybe some of the things that we would start with. I mean, we would start with breathing. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that in the podcast a little bit, but diaphragmatic breathing and you can, I mean, you can just look it up. I've, do we have any videos on it? Um, I, don't I don't know if we do. I don't know if we do actually. But there are definitely videos on it. Like look up diaphragmatic breathing. Um, and Actually, we, we do. Check out um, on our YouTube channel. There's a video called Complete Guide to Core Training. And it starts off, the first half of the video is actually talking about different breathing drills. And it goes over how to execute them. Okay. Yeah, good. And so start there. Another thing, like just from reading her story, like her back pain started during her pregnancy. A lot of times what happens is back pain starts during pregnancy because we get into a more like anterior pelvic tilt um, just because there's weight out in front of us. Mm -hmm. And so our spine can get like our lower back can get into like a more of an arched position. And then we may not really try like or no to try to counter that after pregnancy Mm -hmm. and so I would look at your posture and just see if you do if you do notice that you are kind of flaring your rib cage or stick or letting your butt kind of stick out a lot Mm -hmm. um and trying to do exercises that like and actually it would be in that same YouTube video like marching and different exercises that try to counter that excessive arching position yeah the tricky part is that we it's it's difficult to uh, give blanket recommendations, right? Because you know she might be she might be extended like that, or she might have issues where in in uh in the other way, right? So right, and that's a, why I said just look in the mirror. Definitely, and see. yeah. <laughs> Don't just do that. Um, yeah, yeah. But see if that's something that is going on, and if that's the case, then there there might be some exercises that you can do to counteract that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then yeah, I guess just just gentle movement is good. So like walking daily is good. Um, Foam rolling is probably good just to get some movement and blood flow going. Um, if there was a book we would recommend, it would probably be Original Strength. Yeah. Um, so look into the book called Original Strength. It just has some really good movement exercises in there that are a little bit off the beaten path in terms of like what's generally out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but some stuff that we really use in our warm-ups that achieve. Um, things like segmental rolling and different movement patterns that we don't necessarily think to do on a daily basis, but um, do really help mm-hmm. a lot of people who tend to be a little bit stiffer, have some some tension that they carry in their backs. So um, I would look into that book. Yeah, actually. yeah. Um, when we have these more significant back cases, we typically have our sessions run anywhere from twenty to forty minutes long. It's not like a full hour long workout. Um, we just basically the thing that we want to make sure that we take into account is the amount of volume that they're experiencing. And we don't want to be in a position where we overload their back, but we want to stay just under that line basically of where it would cause some issues or some flare ups, um, but still gain some movement and some blood flow and some general strength and stability um, throughout the body. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, basically after you listen to this, um, send us a DM of, of where your area is and then we'll put out a, um, a story asking if there are any physician uh, therapists in the area that could uh, help you out yeah cool awesome all right well those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today kendrick let us get through that last <laughs> last round without making too much noise um if you have any questions of your own send them to us at achieve fitness boston on instagram or you can email us at info at achieve fitness boston um, or you can just comment on any of our posts on instagram and we will try to include your questions here oh actually one more thing uh for if you're a personal trainer or a fitness coach We're running this 14-day free mentorship program. 
Um, it's for basically, it's, it's kind of like a beta testing ground for us to figure out what sort of strategies to best utilize for our Achieve Mentors platform. But if you go on Facebook, check out Achieve Mentors, one word, one, wow, one word <laughs> um, public group, Achieve Mentors public group. And basically for 14 days, we're putting out all sorts of different content and just testing out different ways to um, give that content and see which ones give the, um, you know, give us the best amount of feedback and the best amount of just overall insight into, you know, what fitness coaches and personal trainers need. So it's kind of like a testing ground for us. So definitely check that out um, if you're a personal trainer or a fitness coach or an aspiring uh, fitness coach. Awesome. So we hope to see you there. And until next time, peace, love, and and muscles. muscles.